Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and I am extremely excited and appreciative that you have chosen to spend time with me and the other Light Body Tribe members today. So welcome, welcome back. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit more in depth about how you can support your immune system for the long haul. And I think most of us at this point have come to a level of realization slash acceptance that COVID-19 is not going anywhere. And that as much as we want it to just resolve itself and go away, that's most likely not going to be the reality, at least probably through the end of this year. And so with that Being said, I want to offer up an opportunity to reframe how we are thinking about this new dynamic and how we are implementing the new dynamic into our lives. And I'm going to eventually get into foods and practices that you can do to boost your immune system and support your immune system on a daily basis, which is really what we should all be doing on a daily basis anyway. But I feel like it's even a more poignant topic right now more than ever. But I also want you to think about this COVID-19 disease relative to some other viral diseases that we don't have a cure for. So I want to sort of, I know the media, you know, they're really good at at infusing fear into almost everything that they put out. And so I want to take this moment and this opportunity to try to diffuse some of that fear that's been built, excuse me, around um, the subject of COVID-19. And Um, At the beginning, you know, back at the beginning of this year and in February and March, I do think it was appropriate for our country, our local municipalities to go on what we're now calling, you know, social distancing and self-quarantine because there was a lot we didn't know and the numbers were rising rapidly. However, now at this point, Our numbers have plateaued across the country, and I want to emphasize the word plateau, meaning it's come up and it's flattened off. So far, they have not, on average, if you look at the Johns Hopkins website, which is a great resource where they track the numbers, the the tested positive numbers, the um, survival numbers, and then, of course, the death numbers. But if you look at that, and and they, I think they are probably one of the most credible sources out there, and I can put a link to that in the show notes for you, you'll notice that the numbers, again, have plateaued. So they haven't gone down. Um, so we haven't yet reached, you know, the downside of the hill, so to speak, yet. And so 
I don't think you need to be afraid. I do think it's healthy to be aware and cognizant and deliberate with your actions and how you protect yourself both inside your home and inside your body and outside of your home when you venture out because eventually we are all going to have to go back to work and go back to our lives. They will never, I don't don't want to say go back, go back into, how about that, into our lives because, you know, and again, not to get political, but our economy and the world's economy cannot be sustained if we all stay sequestered. And so while I understand the effort of our government trying to protect the people through these um, social distancing and quarantining measures, I do think we've moved past the point of being reasonable and being intelligent about the decisions that we're making and about the things that we're asking people not only to do, but not to do. And the things we're asking people to sacrifice doing. And so it's not, I mean, a big part of it is about work and having a way to sustain yourself. But if we look at it from the infectious disease standpoint, you know, our immune system is our body's defense against infections, which includes viruses and bacteria, of course, and fungi, and um, all of these different onslaughts that normally when we're out and about in the world, we have a daily onslaught of all these things. And a normally functioning immune system uh, will respond, and you'll never feel bad. Um, At most, you might feel a sniffle or a headache or, you know, but your immune system, what it does is it creates a response. So, so we have different aspects of the immune system, but really I just want to give you like a very brief and simple explanation <clears throat> because it sort of factors into why I'm saying that um, probably the best thing for most of us that are healthy without extreme immunosuppressant diseases, our immune system functions best when we're being exposed to things on a daily basis. So we have different cells in our body that responds. And when, so let's say it's a virus, like a flu or a cold virus, because that is a type of virus, a type of disease that we don't have treatment or cure for. And the vaccine that we have for the flu is at best, most seasons between 20 to 40% effective, which is not very good. So I want to keep this in perspective of reality of what we had before this and maybe what we should, what maybe some more reasonable expectations because this virus does mutate. It doesn't as mutate as quickly as a flu or cold virus, but it does mutate right now. The last time I checked, there were uh, roughly 14 different mutation varieties rotating around the world. Um, So Just because they make a vaccine for one doesn't mean that if you have a different kind, that that vaccine will be effective for you. So when our body is faced with a foreign invader, then it mounts a response. And one of those response can be to surround it with these different immune cells that we have in our body. And it can um, kill that invader or it can deactivate the invader, and then it can help your body get rid of it. 
But the other thing that it does is it creates a memory, a little immune response memory. And so that the next time your body is faced with this invader, even if it's not the exact same, which is why it's a certain way that's why some vaccines still are effective, even if they're not the exact same. So the immune system makes these specialized proteins called antigens. And the antibodies stay, the and these antigens stay in the person's body. So again, if the immune system encounters the antigen, again, the antibodies then are ready to do their job. And so that's why when someone gets sick with a disease, like the chicken pox, for example, they won't get sick from that disease again because they have the antibodies specific to that exact antigen. So if we think about COVID-19 as one specific antigen, then we could, that's one theory as to how a vaccine could work. However, what's different between, let's say, like the chickenpox, which is a disease that once you have, you cannot get again. The coronavirus is more in the, um, because of it, it mutates, like I mentioned earlier. So it creates different varieties of itself. And those varieties can also then create different varieties of itself. And this is the same thing that cold and flu viruses do, which is why it's so hard when we're talking about something like a vaccine to get the efficacy numbers up, meaning it's really hard to for us to be able to say, you get this one vaccine and you will not get this disease. You can't say that with a virus that mutates so rapidly and so readily. And again, COVID doesn't mutate at quite as rapidly as a flu virus, but it does mutate in its replication. So it is something to think about. And so the whole point of me bringing this up is that, again, when our immune system works best, when it it is getting the onslaught every single day, because whether you realize it or not, what your body sees as foreign, it then builds a defense against it. And so think about also the repercussions of when we do all go back to or go back into our um, close to new normal lives is that we're going to be interacting with people and places and things and germs and bugs and viruses and fungus and all these different things. And if you think about like how kids every year when the school season starts, there's, you know, probably a wave of sniffles that go through and it's just whatever virus that one kid had. Maybe he spent summer at the grandparents and then came back and, you know, he gave it to all of his friends. And so uh, it's for most of us, it's not a big deal because it's very small and indolent, but it does serve a purpose and it actually does help build our immune system up. So if you think about our immune system also like as a library, and so you wouldn't want to go to a library with just one book in it, right? That would be boring and very one dimensional, but our immune system as like the library of Congress, because every time it encounters something that is foreign to your body, it creates a new book. So if we think of the antibodies as a new book, and so think about how many and how in-depth and how much variety and how dynamic that is. And that's, I think that's pretty amazing. 
that our bodies are built that way. That is part of its function on how we get to live to the ripe old age of 80, 90, and 100. And so I know that we've been told by our local governments that, you know, we have to stay in. And I think, again, at the time it was prudent. I think probably right now for most places in the country, maybe not all, that it's time that we start to uh, re-expose ourselves to the natural world and to each other. And again, we can do this smartly. We can still social distance. We can still maintain six feet. We can, of course, wear masks because I think, especially as a healthcare worker, we've been told for years and years and years through cold and flu season, wearing a mask doesn't do anything. It won't help you, blah, 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 blah. But if you don't get a flu vaccine, then your healthcare organization makes you wear a mask even if you're not contagious. So that's an interesting approach, don't you think? But now we're in this world where we want everyone to wear a mask. And so things are changing and that's fantastic. I think that's really good that I think one of the silver linings that's come out of this pandemic experience is that we are more cognizant about what are we touching? What are we breathing? What are we coming in contact with? How can we protect ourselves? And because you do have the power to protect yourself and you do have the power to make smart, intelligent decisions. And if we all do this, then we can live our daily lives going to work, going to the grocery store, even going out to eat, but in a smart way that we can still be protected for the most part from getting ill and from getting sick. Okay, so that's all I want to say about that from the public health perspective. But I did want to sort of mm, talk about transition because I think that's where we are now. Um, Because, again, we're at the plateau phase. And that's really great. Plateaus are definitely better than, you know, still traveling uphill. But we're not on the downhill yet. But we can get there. And I think one of the ways that we can get there faster is that if we all, not only with the masking and the gloves and the hand washing and the social distancing, but if we all really start to take seriously what we put into our bodies and really start to take inventory of where are we deficient? Where could we use more support if we really tune in and we can really support our physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being with food and then some other practices that I'm going to go over at the end. So I know you've heard me say it before, but eating the best quality, organic if all possible, non-GMO, whole, real food. And You know, especially if you can go and get it at your local farmer's market. Now it's, you know, springtime in our um, part of the world in the northern hemisphere. So hopefully a lot of farmer's markets are opening back up. I know it might not be the case with the dynamic of COVID-19 right now. But if they are, I encourage you to go with your mask on, with your gloves on. Grab your fresh fruit and vegetables. Support your local farmers. They also need support at this time. And, you know, when you get home, take your gloves and mask off in, you know, the safe and sanitary way. Wash your hands as soon as you take them off before you touch anything else. And then wash your fruits and vegetables. And I know some of this seems like really elementary, but I feel like that's one of the things that this coronavirus has brought back into the forefront. 
It's the little things that we do that really, you know, it's what brought us out of the age of being fearful of every little thing that could that we could get sick from. If you think about before antibiotics even existed. So around the turn of the century of the 20th, uh, between the 19th and 20th century, you know, there were no antibiotics then. We didn't have antibiotics until um, right after World War One. And that's also, if you remember, the Spanish flu, essentially, it was so deadly that it brought World War One to an early end. Um, so that's an interesting point to think about, too, is that infectious disease has been a part of our story as a human being, as a animal species on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. So it's not new. So we just need to learn how to live with it and also live smartly with it and in conjunction with it. And so vaccines might be one of those ways, but we're not there yet. So let's talk about what we can actually do right now. And I'm sure you're probably really sick of hearing wash your hands, but that is the best thing because things travel on your hands. When you touch other things, whatever you were on your fingers is now transferred to anything you just touched. And then if you touch any of your mucous membranes, so your eyeball, your nose, your mouth, then that is a point of entry for the bug. So be really cognizant about that. And then also good quality food, superfoods, super antioxidant boosting foods. Antioxidants help neutralize these harmful free radicals to prevent the potential negative effects on our health. So any of the foods that you've heard me talk about in the past, and I'm going to go through a list of them, but that are um, high in antioxidants, those are going to be naturally anti-inflammatory and naturally immune boosting to your system. And superfoods are just foods that are jam-packed with these nutrients that can help provide your body with the vitamins and minerals that it needs. And so again, think about zinc, think about lysine, and I'm going to talk about too a little bit about supplements in a minute, um, where even if you are eating, you know, some really good top quality food, maybe if the soil is deficient in these micronutrients, then it might not be getting into the food. So we still might need some supplementation along the way as well. And so I will talk about some antiviral specific things. Okay, so your top sources of antioxidants, and these are also considered superfoods, are wheatgrass, Cinnamon is a great spice to put in your coffee, or maybe if you are having some baked apples, cinnamon is something that's really good for you. It's great for help regulating your blood sugar as well. Wild blueberries. Now, wild blueberries are a little dif- different from just your normal blueberries, but they're and they're smaller, um, and they are considered to be more nutrient dense than a regular blueberry. But if you can't find them, usually I find them in the frozen food section and you can get them in a big bag and then you can put them in smoothies and, and um, fun desserts and things. But blueberries also are fantastic. So anything that's any fruit that's dark in color, whether it's dark blue, dark purple, dark red, those are going to be very high in antioxidants. So also raspberries, blackberries, Strawberries, not so much, but they're still um, very good for you. And they're a nice, sweet, naturally sweet treat. And they're coming into season. And so um, that's something else we want to think about is eating with the seasons. Because when we eat with the seasons, not only do we support our local farmers, we support the natural 
movement and the natural energy that comes and goes. And that really helps keep our body in alignment and in in the cycle with this season and the year and, um, and the change that is inevitable every year, right? As we move through each season, change is inevitable. So definitely eat with the seasons. Avocado is a fantastic superfood. It has a lot of natural, healthy fat, which is great for your brain. It's also high in vitamin E, which is great for your skin. And it is also coming into season soon. So avocado, summer, uh, that's exciting. I love avocados. Broccoli is a fantastic cruciferous vegetable. And the cruciferous vegetables really help scrub our liver and scrub our GI tract because 90%, I think 90 is a fair estimation, 90% of our immune system lives in our gut. And so by eating the cruciferous vegetables, we are helping support the foundation of our immune system, which is the gut. So it provides the um, not only the vitamins and minerals, but the fiber to really scrub out the in- inner lining of our gut and help release and let go of the toxins that could be building up in our liver and our kidneys and our bowels, which could be contributing to inflammation and not feeling good and suppressing our immune system. So again, all of these things are linked together and they all have a very specific function, but it is a dynamic environment as well. So, you know, right, it's all connected. So salmon is a fantastic source of, again, omega-3s, good fatty fish oils, really good for the brain. Make sure that you're not, if you can help it, buying farmed salmon and that you're, you can find salmon fresh. Also, goji berries are a superfood and they are known to be one of the highest vitamin C content foods on the planet. And so vitamin C is a very powerful antioxidant. It's a very powerful antiviral. And it has actually been part of the COVID treatment protocols we've been testing in the hospital. And so um, at least in my place of work, we typically use vitamin C infusions on the infusion side, so the cancer center side of our um, of our hospital, it's an outpatient infusion. So if you're immune compromised, then sometimes the doctor will prescribe a vitamin C infusion, which means through your IV, that really helps boost your immune system and provides those antioxidants in large doses directly to the bloodstream, which really helps your body support and fight. So it helps fight the effects of whatever chemo and radiation you might be going through, but it also helps fight the cancer that your body is is fighting as well. And you can definitely find um, protocols out there that um, will treat cancer in different disease states with vitamin C. Um, The Reardon protocol is one of those, and I can put a link to that. Also, if you're interested in looking more into that. But anyway, vitamin C, very powerful. We have used it as a cocktail, so like a combination with other agents to treat COVID as well. I don't know if they've found any hard numbers to support its use or to say how successful it has been, but I do know that it has been been put into place. So that's something interesting to 
um, think about as well. So um, back to the superfoods. I know I'm jumping around a lot today, but I just want to give you as much information as possible to really help you understand how it's all interconnected and we really do have the power to help ourselves even in this time. So also superfoods, sweet potatoes, kale. Kale is also considered a cruciferous vegetable. So keep that in mind. Spirulina, that is a super powerful antioxidant. And I usually get mine in like the green powder form because I like to put it in my smoothies. Um, acai, green tea. Green tea is fantastic. You can have it with caffeine or decaffeinated, but it is super rich in antioxidants as well. Dark chocolate, of course, which is um, great for our sweet tooth and our cravings, but it also helps support our serotonin, um, the make uh, building serotonin and supporting our brain chemistry and also um, tons of antioxidants too. And then of course, the quote, mother of all antioxidants is glutathione. And glutathione, I'll just give you a really brief, simple explanation. It's a compound in our body that is sort of considered to be the, the master detoxifier. So it's called the mother of all antioxidants and it's the master detoxifier. And it contains a, um, a sulfur structure, but it really helps to grab onto things and get them out of our body. And so its function is mainly in the liver and, um, for me personally in my diet, I take a N-acetylcysteine supplement because N-acetylcysteine is metabolized down to glutathione. Now, there is some functional medicine research out there that says some people still don't have the enzymatic support to break down the N-acetylcysteine to the glutathione. And if you know you're one of those people or you've tried taking NAC in the past and you're like, well, this doesn't do anything. What a waste of time and money. Then you might be one of those people that your body just doesn't digest it. And so if that's the case, then you can find out there, it's called reduced glutathione as a supplement. And I definitely suggest this either, either in the NAC form or the reduced glutathione form, because almost all of us could use that extra detoxifying support to clear out the liver, clear out the kidneys, clear out our bloodstream, get the toxins out, get the inflammatory things out that don't serve us, you know, just help help your body help itself. And we can do that with food and supplements. And so, um, their glutathione is present in a lot of the foods. They're definitely glutathione is present in the cruciferous vegetables. It's also present in um, garlic and onions. And so you can get it through foods, but again, sometimes we just need a little extra boost. And so sometimes supplements can be useful. I'm definitely not one of those people that wants you to go out and spend an arm and a leg on supplements. But um, if, again, if you're not able to get the high quality fresh fruits and vegetables, then um, again, supplements can also serve a role there. So I want to do a brief um, once over of some antiviral specific um, nutrients that you can also get as supplements or whole foods. So the first one we talked about a little bit already, vitamin C. Now, that is obviously present in almost all fruits and vegetables to some extent or another. But I'll, uh, 
just like everything else, some have, you can get more than others. So like your citrus is known for having high vitamin C, right? Um, also your cruciferous vegetables are high vitamin C, goji berries, high vitamin C. So if you wanted to make a, um, super immune boosting smoothie in the morning, you could throw in some goji berries. You could throw in some spirulina powder. You could throw in some of your wild blueberries and that, and then, you know, some fresh leafy greens. And that is a perfect, low sugar, no added sugar, immune boosting smoothie. And then if you wanted some protein and fat in there, you could throw in an avocado and maybe some hemp seeds or chia seeds or any, or flax seeds. Any of those seeds are complete plant proteins. And so they are also fabulous. So think about that. Um, antiviral. So the next one is lysine and lysine is also present uh, naturally in foods, but you can take this as a supplement and, um, it is known to be antiviral and usually in the vitamin store, wherever you frequent, you'll see it as L lysine. And if you're taking it as a supplement, you want to look for a, a size of, let's say 500 to a thousand milligrams per tablet. And, um, you would take that once to twice a day, depending on your needs. But again, I much prefer that uh, you get all of your antiviral and immune boosting foods uh, aspects from your foods. And so um, good sources of lysine include eggs, uh, cod, sardines, Parmesan cheese, spirulina. All of those are great sources of lysine and it is a great antiviral. And so if you are, maybe you think you're acutely fighting something, then lysine is definitely something that will probably be a good idea to include in your daily regimen. Another powerful anti, um, antiviral supplement specifically is zinc, and our body requires zinc to function at its best. And so this is considered to be an essential micronutrient, but also um, you'll see a lot of cold and flu supplements that also have zinc in them. And that is because it is a proven antiviral. So I would caution you if you're going to take any zinc supplement, uh, if you're fighting something to start low and with a small dose and titrate up, I have made the mistake of when I was like fighting a cold or something, thinking that more was better, even though I, I know better than that. But <laughs> so zinc can cause some GI upset if you take too much of it. So just keep that in mind. And then the um, last two things I want to talk about are ginger and turmeric roots. And for these two things, I really love the raw roots if you can get your hands on them. And what I like to do is blend them up with some hot water. And so I just make a straight ginger and turmeric um, sort of tonic, like hot tonic, and I'll add lemon to it as well. And then some honey. And especially when I'm sick, that is so soothing, but you can feel the heat coming off of those roots. And you just know that all that powerful antiviral and antioxidant powers seeping into each individual cell. I love it. Um, it's become really soothing for me, but it is a super powerful antioxidant and antiviral. And um, so just 
cooking with ginger and turmeric on a regular basis is healthy. Turmeric is known to be one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory agents on the planet as well. And you can definitely find studies of using turmeric uh, for um, cancer treatments as well. So that's um, super interesting. But just keep in mind that you can also use it when you're um, fighting something. So it's uh, good for everyday support and acute treatment as well. So now I want to get into some of the non-food things that we can do to support our immune system for the long haul. So daily movement, daily walks, daily yoga, daily exposure to nature and sunshine. You can get as rigorous or go as gentle as you feel like. Listen to your body. Do what your body is calling for at that moment. I know over the last um, week or so, we went through a full moon and then a new moon cycle. So for me, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like the energy was like really strong and crazy and it really just wiped me out. And so I ended up doing um, some still exercising, but it was a lot more gentle than I normally would allow myself to go. And I think we need to think about this in terms of like daily self-care. And sometimes we sort of think about exercise as a chore or, you know, a lot of us have like this mental block built up to exercise. But again, if we can just shift our perception around it and think about if I do this every day, my body will be getting extra circulation that it wouldn't normally get and it would be making endorphins that wouldn't be normally be made and it'll be getting more vitamin d that i wouldn't have to supplement because i'm going to be outside and getting sunshine exposure and again to bring it back to contemporary COVID issues i don't know how many of you have seen the most recent um, study that was released showing they did say a very crude correlation, I think were their exact words, but a correlation nonetheless between vitamin D levels and how well you're able to fight COVID. So we really want to think about getting those vitamin D levels up. And again, this is something that I usually just tell my clients to go ahead and supplement because for most of us, especially if we're Caucasian, we just don't carry as much vitamin D in our bodies as African Americans or um, or Southeast Asians or or those you know with a darker skin tone. They actually um, carry more melanin in their skin tone, which also helps them uh, create more vitamin D for themselves. So. If you're like me, a white girl living in the northern hemisphere, especially up in upper elevations, and I'm I'm north of Lake Tahoe by a smidge, so even that, like, we don't get the, there have been studies shown that, like, when you make the most vitamin D, if you're exposed to the sunlight, and so it's going to be the middle of the day, but the farther away you get from the equator, the less vitamin D your body has the um, potential and the window to make. So really, most of us probably should be supplementing. This is something that you can get tested with your doctor, so I definitely recommend that as well because it's good to know where you're starting. So, And I've done blog posts, and I'm pretty sure I've done a podcast on just vitamin D. So it's a big subject, but um, essentially you want to be um, at least at minimum 5,000 units a day because that's usually about what our body uses every day. And so you want to at least be putting back in what your body is using up. Okay, 
Yes. So sunshine, walking, yoga, gentle movement, stretching, anything to get your body moving. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe it's, you know, mountain bike season for you. Maybe you're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's starting to be ski season. That's exciting. I love ski season. So um, listen to your body. Do what feels good, both to your physical body and your mental body. If one day you're not feeling it, then that's okay. You can do some of these other things that we're about to talk about, like salt baths. And you can go back and listen to the episode that I did with Stephanie May, the massage therapist, um, about the benefits of magnesium. And so taking a salt bath with some Epsom salts, super supportive for your immune system. Also great for stress relief. And then there's saunaing. Whether it's a wet sauna or a dry sauna, If you're sweating, then you're getting the toxins out and you're helping your body clear out what should not and does not need to be there. So definitely get your sweat on. And um, again, like I said last week, I was feeling really wiped. And so instead of going for a run, I went and I sat in my sauna for, you know, 45 minutes and got a good sweat on. And I felt so rejuvenated after that. And I was literally just sitting there. I was meditating too, but I was just sitting in one spot sweating. So, (laughs) you know, um, sauning can be really great for you too. Because, again, it helps release toxins, which includes viruses and other pathogens, not only from your liver, but other parts of your body. Your skin is your largest organ. And so when you sweat, what comes out of your pores is sweat, right? And that is usually where the vehicle that your body uses to get rid of the toxins. So awesome. What's next? All right, we're almost done here. I really... Hope you guys are sticking with me. So the last two little bits are mindfulness tools and, of course, my favorite energetic tools. So mindfulness includes daily meditation. A specific visualization that you can do is the shower of divine light. And so um, we've talked about that before. And um, so that's essentially just imagining a beautiful shower of divine white platinum gold, whatever light you want, coming all the way from the heavens through your crown over your whole body and just washing away everything that like that no longer serves you, bringing in beautiful life-giving force, light, love, fulfillment, strength, everything that you feel like you might need extra support in right now. And again, just letting everything else fall away with the shower. So I love that meditation. Also, a daily gratitude practice is uh, also really good because it purposely refocuses your, um, your perception. And it's great to do first thing in the morning. And it's even great to do right before you go to bed. But first thing in the morning, it just really, uh, in the words of Abraham, sets you on that high flying disc first thing. And so doesn't have to be long. Take, you know, literally three to five minutes, write down three to five things that you're grateful for. And you can also add in three to five things that you're ready to release and let go of. And when you tell the universe that you are ready to release and let go of these things, then that calls in the universe and asks and it enlists its help, uh, the help of your angels, your higher self, your guides, whoever you call on. And then it creates the space for something new and fabulous and wonderful to come in. So I would encourage you daily gratitude, three things I'm ready to release and um, three things I'm ready to receive. 
So I love, I love that practice. And it's always a good idea to set reminders throughout your day, especially if you are an essential worker. Personally, I think we are all essential workers. We are all essential to this planet and we all essentially need to work. But if what you're the quote unquote essential worker and maybe your life is super stressful and not very pleasant right now while you're at work, maybe it's filled with a lot of um, transitions then setting those daily reminders of a simple healing mantra on your phone or um, whatever reminder apparatus you want to use um, can really help to recenter you and bring you back to source, bring you back to your your light being self throughout your day. And even if it's just as simple as um, maybe in your planner, you keep your planner next to your desk or Maybe you're a nurse or a physician <clears throat> or pharmacist working in a hospital or a retail pharmacy, then, you know, definitely set it on your phone. And so it just has to, it doesn't even have to ding. It can just vibrate. You can set the alert to pop up and just read that little mantra. Take a moment, close your eyes, take a deep breath. If you have time, take two to three deep breaths, but then repeat that. And then that's it and go about your day. So it doesn't have to be super disruptive to your day, um, but it can be just enough to like bring you back, bring you back. Because I've said this many times, it's not about being perfect, but it's how quickly and how often we come back, come back to being centered, come back to source, come back to our wonderful alignment. Okay, the last thing is, oh wait, that's not true. One more thing, stop consuming the news. <laughs> Fill your morning with inspirational YouTube videos, podcasts, books, audiobooks, whatever you can find to get your hands on, music that uplifts your spirit, that gets you feeling energized and excited about the day, regardless of what is coming through for your day. Um, use those tools to help keep you in a good, happy, positive mindset and um, keep the news at bay as much as you can. All right. And so for real, the last are the energetic tools. You can infuse your food and your drink with your um, specific healing and protecting intentions. So again, this only takes a minute. Close your eyes. You can either, you know, like if you're drinking a warm something, you can put your hands around the cup. Or if you want to put your hands over your food, um, then you can, you know, call in your higher self, your guides, your angels. Or if you just want to start saying thank you. Thank you for the sustenance. Thank you for this protection. And then you can say, thank you for infusing this food and drink with the highest divine light for my highest and greatest good, for my healing, for, for my protection, for my continued expansion and well-being, whatever you want to say. And, you know, then you, you take a deep breath, maybe one to three and keep saying thank you, and any visualization, if you want to see the light coming into it, that's fantastic as well. Our intentions are so powerful, so definitely don't be afraid to use them. Don't think that you have to be attuned to Reiki or attuned to any specific healing modality. You and you all by yourself are a light worker. If you call in the intention and you start putting, if you call in the love and the light and source and angels and guides and all the good stuff, and then you bring that um, into your life through intentional practice. So um, keep that in mind. You are very powerful. And again, don't be afraid to call in your angels. Call on Archangel Raphael as the Archangel of divine healing. Call on Mother Mary. Call on 
I don't know, whoever you want to call on, call on maybe a grandmother that was passed that you were really close with or, um, or someone else. Uh, just know that you have the power to keep yourself healthy, to get yourself to that healthy place, and to help others by bringing forth your beautiful light and energy into the world and into every room that you go into. And so don't discount that power. And I want you guys to focus on this for the next two weeks. And I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear if you've changed something you've eaten or if you've instituted maybe a new healing tonic in your morning or evening. Or maybe, you know, you tried the, the gratitude practice or, um, or whatever it is. I want to hear what you've done and how it worked and maybe what you struggled with. And I'm here to support you. And I would love to keep helping you out on this journey and navigating this new normal of the COVID-19 world. And again, uh, I think it can be really um, supportive and rich and uh, expansive for all of us if we just give it the chance. And so I will leave you with that. Oh, there are a couple things I want to tell you guys about that I'm really excited. I have started a Patreon channel. And so if you don't know what that is, it's a space where I am able to bring you bonus content and for a, a small membership fee. So I'm starting it at $5 a month. And my intention with this is to bring you things. I want to bring you live interaction with me. So I want to do live Q&As. I want to do live uh, readings, spot readings for you. I want to do live channeled sessions um, to channel um, angels and guides and um, galactic beings for you to bring through messages of upliftment and healing. Um, I also want to bring you like extra in-depth things. So maybe making this podcast a little shorter and more digestible for some people. But if those of you want the dive deep info, then I have a chance to give that to you in a different platform. So anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash Dr. Lara May. Definitely go check it out. Uh, the first thing I've posted is a survey because I want to support you and make it valuable for you. So I want to know what you want out of it. And then also I am teaching uh, a class. I'm reteaching my um, Upgrade Your Divine Blueprint class. And this is a class that is so fun. It is um, essentially, haha, essential. It's essential programming upgrade process. And so it's an energetic spiritual navigation system, really, for upgrading your soul blueprint and recognizing your full human potential. It's a lot of fun. It's a process that once you've learned it once, you have it with you for life. It comes with a written e-guide so that you can use it for reference. And then you um, also get a lifetime recording to keep. And so this is happening on May 22nd. And keep your eyes out for more information coming about that specific times. It's going to be on Zoom. And so if you even wanted to sign up, but you can't come to the live call, then you still get the handout and the recording. And so you can still get the benefit. And um, so I hope you guys all join me for that. Again, um, if you want to join my email list, so you'll never miss an update, never miss a class. Um, that's um, an option on my website, drlaramay.com. I love to have you as part of the Light Body Healing Tribe. And so I hope this episode finds you happy, healthy, and I look forward to talking to you guys in the next couple weeks. Namaste.